Hello and welcome back to She's In Focus, the podcast dedicated to inspiring and empowering female filmmakers and videographers from all walks of life and on every step of their creative journey. I'm your host, Kel Grant, an aspiring filmmaker from New Jersey who's just trying to turn my passion into something more and connect with amazing women who have the same passion for video. One of those being Alina Strausser, a 20-year-old self-employed filmmaker that's mainly working on documentaries at the moment. She's very concerned with the lack of female representation in the film world and she's actively trying to fight gender roles especially in the film industry by expressing her true self and just looking for other female filmmakers to work with and create amazing things with and Alina you've come to the right place to have this discussion so thank you so much for being here I'm so happy to be part of your podcast so thank you so much for having me of course of course well the the motto of this podcast is you know um female filmmakers from all walks of life and on every step of their creative journey but now we have to add from anywhere in the world Mm -hmm. because you are over there in Austria so tell us what the film industry is like over there because I know what it is in the U.S. but I'm I'm very curious uh, to for you to paint that Mm -hmm. picture for us. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah the film industry I feel like it's not as dominant as in the U.S. of course because yeah it's in the middle of Europe but still um, there are so many people who are working in film, but I just want to say that this industry is dominated by men and it's crazy because especially where I live, I live in the country, so there are even <laughs> less women who work in film. So um, it's just crazy and mm-hmm. I had to, you know, look for a very long time to even find other female filmmakers. Um, I mean, it's a lot better in cities, but especially where I live, it's pretty bad. So, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine it. It must be hard to, um, well, even find others in the industry in general, mm-hmm. if you're if you're exactly, in the country, yeah. but especially female filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like you were saying, you know, we are in a male-dominated industry, so our representation really matters. And there has to be some sort of um, effort for yeah. us to all kind of band together and be more visible in the industry. But the only problem with that is it's up to us to do it. You exactly. Know, the men exactly. that I've seen aren't really, you know, corralling for us. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think that's any fault of their own. You know, a lot of the men that yeah. I've come in, uh, in contact with, um, you know, have been supportive of, of my dreams mm-hmm. as a filmmaker. Um, but I don't see that they're actively just trying to hire women or trying to bring Mm -hmm. women into this space. So it is, it is kind of up to us. I feel like we just constantly have to prove ourselves. And that's just something that makes it even harder for me because I feel like, um, we started kind of different levels, you know, because whenever you do something as a woman, people are always like, um, how are you going to do that? Like, where did you learn that? you aren't even as good as you say um, you are so you always have to just prove yourself and it's really exhausting and also sometimes humiliating because um, I feel like a lot of men don't really trust women when it comes to filmmaking so that's another barrier that is kind of in front of every woman that wants to work in film absolutely yeah and it's what you said about it being exhausting is so Mm -hmm. true because not only are you trying to learn all the technical skills are you Mm -hmm. trying to you know build your own videography business then you have to keep in mind not only do i have to show up for my clients but Mm -hmm. everybody in the industry is Mm -hmm. you know looking for me to justify my presence exactly Mm -hmm. so you're right having to prove yourself it's so mm-hmm. it's it shouldn't be like that because men don't have to prove themselves mm-hmm. they show exactly, up yeah. they're confident and even if they don't yeah, have yeah, the skills yeah. to follow through they show yeah. up and they're there and they're not questioned at all mm-hmm. exactly that's such a huge problem i feel like and i kind of i did a lot of research because i wanted to find out um, where this comes from where is the origin of this whole um i want to say movement or <laughs> I don't know, but the thing is, I feel like this is just like deeply rooted in our society, has so much to do with patriarchy um, and everything and how women were being viewed in history. Um, And when I talk about this, I also want to talk about like internalized misogyny, because I feel like so many women um, 
they don't want to brag they don't want to like be too confident because this is just something that people especially men didn't like in women in history so i feel like there is still some mm -hmm. leftovers from um those crazy patriarchal patriarchal structures that we used to have so um i feel like everyone needs to work on that man and also women need to work on themselves and kind of be proud of who they are and you know just express themselves freely and you know just be themselves and be proud of what they've done and what they can accomplish absolutely and i think that it comes with a level of internal bias and being mm -hmm. kind of self-aware about it too mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, men and women have to kind of look introspectively and say, why is it that I, I question a woman in this space or why is it that I feel like I have to constantly prove myself? And you're right. It does, you know, lead back to these uh, patriarchal structures that we still are kind of bound by those chains mm -hmm. in a lot of ways in today's society. So um, it's about recognizing it. Um, not only in our society, but in ourselves, and then mm -hmm. adjusting our behavior. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's actually um, really hard to even, you know, realize that you've been kind of trapped in this whole thing, because I don't yeah. know, I feel like that's like one of the hardest things, to, as you already said, to just realize why you're being that way, why you're acting that way. And the second thing is, you know, how can I change that? And this is like something that's that's really difficult, of course, but I feel like it's already such a huge step to simply realize and also like recognize everything that has happened to you and just, you know, work on yourself. Yeah. It's, it's a hard thing, but it's, it's just something that has to be done, I feel like. Yeah, in order for progress to be made, we, mm -hmm. we have to kind of have those difficult conversations within ourselves mm -hmm. and, and recognize things that may be uncomfortable to recognize. Mm -hmm. But um, if we're ignorant to it and we, we let things go on as they are, we're not going to make the progress that we need to see. Mm -hmm. um, because we have made, you know, this is not to say that we haven't made incredible efforts exactly, and, yeah. and a lot of progress in the mm -hmm. industry. Um, you know, there are women are allowed in film school yeah. and, and, you know, allowed to pursue mm -hmm. their careers. You know, there are many women who have successful filmmaking careers, but there exactly, is kind of always yeah. this shadow looming mm -hmm. over or this cloud mm -hmm. looming over of you don't belong here. This is a man's, yeah. a man's space, a man's world. What are you going to do to prove that you need to be here? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you're right. It's a, it's a, an interesting mm -hmm. topic and something that uh, we, you know, would, would love to address on this podcast because it's mm -hmm. this the, the reason this podcast exists is for that you know because that mm -hmm. structure is in place you know we mm -hmm. have to actively go find other mm -hmm. females in this space and actively yeah. try to amplify Absolutely, their yeah. voices in order to be heard mm -hmm. whereas yeah men don't have to do that mm -hmm. yeah like absolutely, absolutely I can agree with you 100% um, and something that's also like really funny to me is because um, I've worked on a few sets and they were usually dominated by men, of course. So and one thing I started to realize is that usually when men are, you know, the director, the DP and the producers, um, everything is really fast paced. Everything is kind of busy, really um, chaotic, I want to say. And um, last week mm -hmm. I worked with another female filmmaker and everything was a lot slower, logical, analytical. And that's just so interesting to mm -hmm. me because I feel like there are this, this feminine and also like this, this masculine energy when it comes to filmmaking. And it's just really interesting because um, I don't want to say that either one of those is better, but like they have drawbacks and they also have really big advantages. And if we could, you know, combine those, we could get the best of both worlds. Exactly, exactly. And there's um, there's not a lot of hybrid sets like that because mm -hmm. even the sets I've been on, I've seen, you know, 
like you were saying, men are taking mm -hmm. those those big important roles, mm -hmm. right? The DP, the producer, mm -hmm. the the editor, things like that. But I've seen women fill the roles on set of you know their wardrobe, their their makeup, yeah. their production assistants. Mm -hmm. But they're not like making the decisions on set. They're just mm -hmm. helping execute a man's vision. Exactly. So I think that um, yeah, getting 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 women in those those positions of power and like you were saying just men and women are built differently that's just that's just the, a fact of life you know there mm -hmm. women think differently than men um it's i think it's just genetic i think um so when a woman what a woman brings to set like you were saying is that analytical side that logical mm -hmm. side but they can also you know relate to the emotions i've seen a big mm -hmm. difference in female directors versus yeah. male directors um you know men they just want to go in they want to get things done it's fast paced it's fast paced whereas a, a female director will be like okay let's take five how are you feeling about mm -hmm. this you know let's exactly let's let's really talk through this and mm -hmm. uh and you know one is not necessarily worse than the other you want mm -hmm. both of them in any given situation mm -hmm. you might prefer a male director with those qualities or a female director with those qualities but it is very interesting to note the differences on yeah. set yeah that's so true <laughs> all right so let's get into your journey a little bit okay <laughs> you were inspired by youtube when you were young <laughs> when you were like 12 years old so what what videos would you watch and what interested you about them i think it was just it didn't really matter to me what kind of videos I watched, makeup tutorials, I watched comedy videos. Um, but the thing is, um, this was the first time where I came in contact with other female filmmakers. Because, um, you know, back then in 2012, YouTube wasn't as big as it is today. So YouTubers had to do everything themselves. They didn't have like an editor. They didn't have someone who wrote their script. So um, whenever I saw uh, a woman filming herself, I kind of knew that she probably did everything herself. And that was really interesting and inspiring for me because it was the first time that I was seeing another woman work in film. So that's just something that has really influenced me and also like um, given me so much motivation and yeah. Yeah, and, and when something that really inspires me and motivates me is seeing someone who looks like me or, or you know, has the same characteristics do something that I thought maybe I could never do before. But now that you're seeing, you know, you were seeing these women on YouTube at a young age and you're like, well, if they can do it, I can do it too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that was the exact feeling I had because I've never seen someone doing the same thing as me. So that was kind of like a mirror or maybe like... Um, I want to say like a vision of what I am actually capable of. And I could see myself in those women. I could see myself like um, doing my own videos, like planning everything and doing everything myself. And it, it suddenly it wasn't a dream anymore, but it but it was more like a possible reality. Absolutely. Yeah. You were able to to kind of see the roadmap of how to get mm -hmm. there because because um, mm -hmm. sometimes we see, you know, we can see the vision, but we, we can't make the connection of like, okay, how do I get there? Mm -hmm. um, and YouTube is an interesting space for that because not only do you see the final product, but YouTube has a lot of tutorials and things on it. So you can get the steps mm -hmm. in order to how to get there. So you can, you know, YouTube, how to film myself, how to set up audio, mm -hmm. how to set up lighting, how to edit in, um, in Premiere Pro or mm -hmm. anything like that. So at what point, you know, you, you saw these, these women on YouTube you thought, mm -hmm. oh, I can, I can do that too. I see myself in them. Mm -hmm. What was your next step? Did you then kind of start going down the the researching YouTube rabbit hole of, of figuring out how to work a camera and, and doing stuff like that? Um, yeah, exactly. That was exactly what I did. I started watching tutorials everywhere. I mean, there weren't as many tutorials back then, um, but I. I just like typed in stuff like um, best editing software, software for beginners, beginner tutorials and stuff. And then I bought mm -hmm. my first editing program and 
I'm really happy. Like I'm really happy right now. I'm so proud of myself with the choice I made because I bought like it was a pretty shitty <laughs> editing program, but it's kind <laughs> of it has kind of the same layout as Premiere. So <laughs> I basically learned oh, that worked Premiere out. kind yeah. of yeah. <laughs> it, it worked. So um yeah and at that, at that time i just started to realize that i just wanted to use my passion and my knowledge i already had in order to even you know get more knowledge and i also wanted to kind of use it actively so i started talking about everything i did at school and i have to say i'm really thankful because i had so many supportive female teachers and um they were really happy with what I did and they were so proud. So we kind of integrated my video skills like in school and for, you know, for school projects and everything. And this was just perfect for me because um, this was such an such an amazing opportunity for me in order to kind of, you know, improve my skills and just, you know, have some practice in like a safe environment where you where you're not punished when you make any mistakes you know so that was that was an amazing thing and i'm so happy that this happened to me and i'm so thankful also so thankful for the teachers that gave me this opportunity and that were like oh my god you're a girl and you're in, you're working in tech and you're interested in that let's just you know give her more opportunities and support her and that's something really amazing yeah, it really makes all the difference mm -hmm. having mentors or, or supporters or teachers who um, believe in you. It, mm -hmm. it really makes a difference. And building that foundation at such a young age, you know, you were, you know, high school and, and younger, mm -hmm. or, um, mm -hmm. you know, experiencing that at, at, during very formative years of your life. That must have given you such confidence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. That has given me a lot of confidence. But also something that kind of uh, came along with everything was a bit of jealousy, especially from like boys in my class. And that's something really interesting because wow. they always <laughs> kind of tried to degrade me or not. I don't know how to say it, but they weren't really happy about what I was doing. They were kind of jealous because I remember there was another boy and he wanted to do like a minecraft youtube channel or something and um his videos weren't really good and he didn't know what to do and he was just he was i don't know he was but he was pretty jealous i could see that but he was also you know he didn't want to ask me for advice because that would have been embarrassing to him but then one day mm -hmm. um, he told me that he really likes what I'm doing. And then he asked me for advice. And to this day, I still don't know, like, what was the thing that made him made him just, you know, change his mind. It was yeah. so weird. But still, I, I experienced this a lot, like that, that men are just not really supportive when it comes to women being in tech in general. It's something I experienced at a really young age. Yeah. And and yeah, it's not that you wouldn't have been willing to help, you exactly, know, other male yeah. students. Um, mm -hmm. So it's yeah, it's it's something inside them that mm -hmm. is, you know, that is built in that says mm -hmm. she's a girl. She mm -hmm. either, you know, she shouldn't know what she's talking about. And I don't want to look weak by going to her for advice because I'm supposed to be intrinsically better than mm -hmm. she is at everything for some reason. <laughs> um, but yeah, if, that's, a, that's the thing. I feel like if we start to band together with men, if, if they kind of knock down that ego, that mm -hmm. ego that they have, mm -hmm. you'll find that some of the the best projects you'd probably ever create come from collaborating with exactly. with men and women and, mm -hmm. and bringing those you know two worlds and two brains together and two creative minds more importantly mm -hmm. exactly that's that's basically what i'm also trying to do in the future because of course i'm currently looking for other female film like female filmmakers <laughs> um but still i just want to <laughs> bring everyone together to, you know, have the best outcome possible. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, um, yeah, how, how, so tell me, what have your, your efforts been to find 
other female filmmakers because when mm -hmm. you were researching YouTube tutorials when you were younger, when mm -hmm. you were learning, oh, what's the best editing software, things like that, I'm imagining that there weren't women making these videos, that there were men who who actually made those videos. So what have your efforts been to find other female filmmakers? Of course, like Instagram, Instagram is a really big thing. Uh, but the thing is, I usually just find women that either live in cities, in big cities, um, or they simply are not a DP or director or, I don't know, editor. They're usually photographers, if I find creative women, mm -hmm. or they just work like in the makeup department. So it's just been really hard. Of course, I've been searching all over Instagram. And I also joined some Facebook groups. Um, but the thing is, I feel like where I'm located, there are really no women in film. And that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it, it certainly makes your, your efforts to find a, a community of female filmmakers a little mm -hmm. bit harder. But I mean, thank God for technology, yeah, right? Sure. You're a, I mean, you and I we're living, you know, two different sides of the world and mm -hmm. we're able to connect and and talk about these issues and and support each other kind of virtually yeah. and and be part of the same community mm -hmm. because of the technology that we mm -hmm. have that's so true and that's also like something i'm really looking forward to in the future because you know there there is no network of female filmmakers so and we already talked about that if you want to make a change you have to make the change you have to be the change so i was thinking about kind of you know starting a big network of female filmmakers especially in europe because you know we have so many countries um and we are not connected you know because i feel like there are female filmmakers but they're far away and I do not have access to them, you know? So that's just something I'm really working towards for the future to kind of build this network my on my own, you know? Because that's just so important to me to have like-minded people that kind of go through the same problems and have the same questions. So yeah, that's just something I think would really help improve everything and all the issues we talked about. Absolutely. And, you know, you know, myself and the she's in focus mm -hmm. gang will definitely yeah. be on board with whatever <laughs> with whatever efforts you're you're making. Um, yeah, because I think one of the best parts about doing this podcast is just realizing that if you if you really search for the women, they're out there. Yeah. You know, we are in this industry. It's just mm -hmm. a matter of, of finding them. And it's unfortunate yeah. that that search is so hard. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I posted in um, the full-time filmmaker Facebook group mm -hmm. to get a whole bunch of women to to be on the show. But had I not had that outlet, you know, I would have mm -hmm. been searching through the hashtags on Instagram or, or trying mm -hmm. to find on Google or YouTube and, and find other women in this space. Um, but it's it's been really amazing hearing their stories because after every woman I talk to, I'm even more inspired and it kind of reaffirms and validates that, mm -hmm. okay, I do deserve to be here. You know, I'm not the only one. There are other women in this industry. They're struggling with the same things and yeah. they're persevering too. Yeah, exactly. Like I 100% approve and I'm so happy um, that you're doing this. I'm so happy to be part because this is such an amazing opportunity for so, so many women in film to simply be heard to simply, you know, have a space where they can kind of show who they are. Because as we already said, um, in this male dominated world, you sometimes do not have enough space to express yourself. So you kind of provide a platform for um, really, really creative people to just, you know, be themselves and be happy and talk about what they love. So that's amazing. Thank you so much. And, and I'm so excited to have you on the show. Um, this has been such an enriching conversation already, because even though the podcast is about female filmmakers, I feel like this is mm -hmm. the first episode where we're really diving into what it means to be a female in mm -hmm. the industry and the issues that, that arise with that. So, I mean, thank you for bringing everything you're bringing to the table and, you know, your efforts. I'm so excited to, to amplify this episode <laughs> so that, you know, our listeners in, in Europe can listen and say, oh, Alina, she's in Austria, but I'm going to go track her down because she cares about this as much as I do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
perfect. <laughs> Amazing. So tell me when you were um, when you were 18, you know, you at this point had a foundation of some video skills. You were working with your teachers. You know, you had a really um, a, a, a beautiful space to be able to express yourself creatively and grow as a young filmmaker in a very supportive environment, even though, you know, some of your male mm-hmm. peers were disapproving, were discouraging, were jealous. But you did still have that foundation. And I'm sure that, you know, even though the boys that were kind of putting you down, even though I'm sure that was very hard for you, mm-hmm. I'm imagining that the support that you had from your teachers weighed more than mm-hmm. the negativity and that that helped you a lot. Um, so when you were 18, you entered a video contest. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. So this was actually, this is a pretty fun story because um, yeah, I was 18 or 17. I think I was 17 actually. Um, and I saw on Facebook that there was this kind of um, contest, not really, but you just had to choose any woman in tech. So I was like, I'm just going to participate. I don't know, maybe I'll win something. Um, and like I, I had to, you know, have the film done the next day. So it was, I was just really busy and I oh was gosh. so stressed because like I only read it the day before, but I was like, I have to join because this is exactly like what I'm standing for, you know? So what I did is I chose mm-hmm. Sally Mankey. Um, she actually worked with Quentin Tarantino on Pulp Fiction. Um, so that's just something that inspired me so much wow. because during my research, it was already so hard to find someone like find a woman that is working in film and that's like really really popular and that i could choose but then i found her and i was so so happy so i decided to make this short film um about her and about everything that um inspires me about her and then um yeah i actually won this thing which i was really surprised about because (laughs) i did the video in like two hours (laughs) and it wasn't really it wasn't a really good video i'm not proud of it anymore but still um the things i said (laughs) seemed to you know kind of really um evoke certain emotions you know because i was talking about the exact same issues and problems we have and how we can solve them so I feel like the kind of the content of the video was what really made me win this thing because they were so, you know, they really liked what I was talking about because they know, um, they knew that those problems were a real thing and that we had to address them. Yeah, absolutely. And it just kind of, kind of goes back to the idea that if you have a great story, you know, even if your your technical abilities aren't where you want them to be, the story will definitely prevail. And it sounds like that that's mm-hmm. what happened in this in this video. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually never heard of her. Mm-hmm. I, I had no idea, you know, that she'd worked on the, the some Quentin Tarantino movies. Um, yeah. That's really awesome. And and that's the thing. So were you you had to do your own research to mm-hmm. find this woman mm-hmm. were there any efforts by your teachers to kind of introduce you to women in the in the film space or were you kind of left to have to discover them for yourself um so this contest um was actually not connected to school at all so this was just something i did um mm. privately so um but still um i have had classes in school like that focused on photography and filmmaking and yeah it's actually crazy because (laughs) there wasn't a lot of female representation in there so yeah as you said that i realized that actually there is also a lack of female representation especially (laughs) in education yeah yeah and it all feeds into this this cycle and it's like Mm -hmm. no wonder why we we are always seeking this kind of validation and trying to find other women in the Mm -hmm. space because they're not presented to us they're Mm -hmm. not put in front of us we have to go out and seek them ourselves Mm -hmm. um so it's wonderful that you won this contest tell me what this did for you how did this open up doors how did you feel when you mm-hmm. won how did it like did it improve your confidence tell me about how you were feeling after you won mm-hmm. 
of course, it did really improve my confidence and self-worth because this was like the first time I had this kind of, I want to say, approval, you know, because I never knew if my work was good or bad or because I had no comparison. And this was really the first time where I started to realize maybe what I'm doing is not that bad. So I should be proud of myself and what I'm doing. So yeah, this definitely was like a big milestone for me. Like my first time just, you know, really believing in me and my skills. Yeah. And of of course, having the recognition of Mm -hmm. it's one thing for you to say, you know, I'm proud of this work, but hearing someone else validate that and say, Mm -hmm. you're right, this is good. Like this is Mm -hmm. this really impacted me in a way um, is just it's so validating. And I find that even now, you know, thinking back at my high school experience, you know, I've always been into video. I was always in like the television or radio programs Mm -hmm. at my high school and in college. And that external validation has always been something that's motivated me Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, especially in the creative world, your work is always on display to be judged and to be criticized. Mm -hmm. And when somebody, you know, sees your work and instead of of tearing it apart, has either something constructive to say or is praising it, that does it goes a long way in how we think about ourselves and the work that we're producing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I also feel like this um, because as we already talked about this topic um, of women not wanting to, you know, really be proud of themselves or not wanting to brag or anything. um, I feel like this has to do a lot with that. So um, recently I did a documentary like the one that I actually sent you. Um, and then a local museum here, um, they wanted to include this documentary in an exhibition. So I was, of course, really happy. But one of my first thoughts was um, that I'm just really scared how people are going to react to my documentary, you know? Like, what are the responses going to be? Like, will people criticize me a lot? Will people try to bring me down? Because I've already experienced something like that. Um, and then last week we were there um, and there was another man like about my age, maybe a bit older. And he also worked in the he also works in the creative industry. And he just told me how amazing he finds my documentary. And he wouldn't stop talking about how he loved my shots and the composition and everything and the color grading and the drone shots and Um, everything and storytelling and I was so happy and proud of myself because you know um, there has been this fear like stored in my body all the time and I was like someone's gonna come and be like oh my god this is the worst (laughs) thing I've ever seen but then um, there was this man and he was like that's amazing and suddenly like all the blockages everything was gone and this is just something that really boosts your confidence. As you already said, it's just amazing. And this this external validation is something I don't want to rely on completely because I want to be proud of the things that I made. But especially when you yeah. don't have any comparison and you're in a male-dominated working field, it's it's amazing to hear. And it, it really makes you happy. It makes you, it gives you this approval of actually doing great things you know and it's it really motivated me you know absolutely and i can echo uh mm-hmm. what that man was saying because i watched the documentary oh. and it was it was so well done thank um, you so really much. really amazing job thank you and it, and it, you know it was a good documentary when i don't speak you know <laughs> but I, when i only speak english um they were speaking german right yeah yeah, they were speaking German and I couldn't understand a word, but I still followed the story and I could still appreciate the art. So um, that's when you know you've made a good film when oh, the, the language so barrier thank isn't a <laughs> right isn't a isn't a barrier. Um, so that's amazing. I'd like to say one thing about external validation mm-hmm. though. That you were right. It gives us such such a push. Mm-hmm. But conversely, we have to be careful because mm-hmm. If, if we rely that much on external validation, when we get the other end of it, when people are disapproving, when people are mean, yeah. when people are, are criticizing, mm-hmm. that can really tear us down. Yeah. Um, you know, I've never, luckily, I, I've never really mm-hmm. had anyone 
outwardly kind of come for my work but I remember going um to doing like one of my first shoots for someone outside of like my family or my friends I did it for this small um this small thrifting boutique um that an old friend from high school is doing and I went and I filmed at a flea market and this was my first video I had just gotten the camera so I was experiencing or I was experimenting with slow-mo and you know 60 frames per second 120 frames mm -hmm. per second and I put together something that I thought was good and at first that person was like this is so amazing this is so great but then they never used that video okay. on any of their social media platforms mm -hmm. they never kind of use it so it's it's like I can only you can only put so much weight on on what people are saying um, mm -hmm. and I've noticed that um, people will will praise your work but you have to in some ways, it's really appreciated if you take it a step further. You know, you can tell me it's great, but are you telling your friends? Mm -hmm. Are you sharing it with your network? Mm -hmm. Are you helping amplify my voice and my work? Um, because as women in this industry, we do need that extra push. Mm -hmm. You know, those nice words, they can help our ego personally. But in order for us to really survive and thrive in mm -hmm. this industry, we do rely on word of mouth and getting our work out mm -hmm. there. Um, because, you know, I, there's something about men's work, um, men's videos and film work. They, uh, it's You can find it anywhere on the internet but to find a woman's work you really have to dig so mm -hmm. um i find that i i appreciate the external validation but mm -hmm. i don't put so yeah. much weight on it because of you know of, of those reasons that i mentioned mm -hmm. so it's, it's a very interesting dynamic mm -hmm. that we have to be mindful of yeah that's really interesting and i 100 percent can approve of everything you've said because um for me it was just like um i just needed this this little push because, you know, I've never really received criticism um, from anyone um, that does work in the creative industry. So like people, of course, talk to me about my films and everything, but they were, you know, teachers, friends. And this was the first time yeah. someone complimented me that actually, you know, knows what I'm doing, knows what things should look like. So um, I feel like this was just you know, some kind of thing I needed in order to be able to also feel fulfilled and to kind of, you know, work on my self-worth. And I know that I don't want to, um, you know, depend on external validation all the time, because as you said, it can be really dangerous, especially um, when you take things too personally um, with criticism and right. stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I just want to say that I feel like... Um, a lot of women also like come from a really bad place when it comes to you know um, criticism from other people because I feel like so many women kind of start in this industry with this mindset of not being enough you know they just um, yeah. they, they step foot in the industry and all they hear is that they are not gonna make it so um, what I'm wishing for is just a bit of encouragement and not only by women, also by men, so that they just have, you know, a better start in the industry and just, you know, not be discouraged, like, at the very beginning, you know? Yeah, I love that you said that. Um, Maya, this, this woman I had on the podcast before, um, she was saying that she was reading some research that, or an article, that women um, only need about three little pushes of motivation um, before they really start to to believe in themselves and you know when you were when you were younger I feel like tell me if I'm wrong but maybe the first push was like seeing those women on mm -hmm. on um, mm -hmm. YouTube on mm -hmm. YouTube the second push might have been your your female teachers mm -hmm. really pouring into mm -hmm. you and, and, and helping invest in your future mm -hmm. and then the third push was that you know putting yourself out there with this video and that mm -hmm. external validation from that mm -hmm. you know someone in that creative world a man in that creative world and like those little pushes while they may have been small mm -hmm. really helped propelled you in the, really helped propel you in the right direction and, and feeling better about yourself. And um, I think that the, the, the concept of the, these little pushes of motivation is so true because mm -hmm. um, I mean, I've just experienced that in my life. Anytime somebody um, 
compliments my work who's in the industry it does give me like a little bit of motivation because you're right they do know what they're talking about it's not my it's not me sending it to my mom and her saying this is so great because she loves everything I do it's you know someone who knows when a color grade is off who can tell when your shutter speed is set wrong who can who can who really understands storytelling and and how to draw emotion so um yeah I just I just thought that was interesting and it reminded me when you when you explained that yeah that's definitely true like I also feel like yeah, it was a confidence boost and it's just something that kind of needs to happen in order for me to, you know, find myself and also be proud of who I am. So I feel like there's definitely a lot of truth to that theory. So, yeah. Absolutely. So I want to get uh, back into your journey a little bit. Mm -hmm. So after that, that contest, um, I believe that you were approached by a director due to the film that you made for mm -hmm. that contest. Tell me about that opportunity and how that kind of guided your, your filmmaking journey. Mm -hmm. So like um, after I graduated, I didn't really know what to do. And um, the thing is, um, you know, the film industry is always being seen as something that's not really secure because when you're uh, working in a film, it's always like, um, how are you gonna make like a stable income everything is so you know unsafe unsure like mm -hmm. so I really had those doubts and at first I wanted to study biology um, yeah so it was a crazy journey for me because the thing that actually happened was after I graduated I decided to do a gap year because I didn't really know what to do so um yeah i wanted to be an au pair in iceland so i found a family and everything and i wanted to you know go there in march 2020 and we all know what happened in march 2020 uh. covid started <laughs> so i yes. couldn't go to iceland and you know i was there like not i i didn't know what to do like i had endless opportunities and i I started to realize that I knew nothing about me and nothing about what I wanted to do. It was kind of like this bubble around me popped and I didn't know what I wanted in life. And then at this mm. exact time, I received a call um, from... It's, he's actually the owner of an Austrian institution that kind of um, preserves old film footage and stuff like for future generations so it's like a really big thing in Austria and like the owner of that institution called me and told me about the project he's doing because he started a project with um, uh, documentaries um, so it's basically documentaries about all the uh, traditions and everything in my area and he told me about the project and he asked me to be part of that. And I was, I was shocked. I was confused. I couldn't really believe that this man called wow. me and asked me to work for him. Um, and then he told me that he simply, you know, he was um, Googling and he tried to look for filmmakers, like especially where I live, because that's where the project is taking place. So he wanted to have, you know, local filmmakers and support them. So, yeah. I was shocked. I didn't know what to say. I was I was so confused, but I simply said yes because at that moment it simply felt right because um this is what kind of brought me back like on the right track on my creative journey and I'm so so thankful for that because as I already said, this happened at a point where I didn't really know where I was going. I almost started studying something I wasn't even actually passionate about. So this thing really, really kind of, you know, put me back in place, I want to say. And I'm so, so thankful and grateful for that because without that call, I wouldn't have been able to do everything I do now. I mean, I'm recording a podcast about female filmmaking with you and I, I have my own <laughs> filmmaking company and it's crazy. And it's just because of this call. So I'm, I'm really grateful and I'm so happy that I'm like on this path right now. Well, me too. Hearing your story is inspiring in and of itself. I mean, it sounds like what's been consistent, though, is your passion for video. You've just kind of needed that little those little pushes and the right opportunity to come along. 
Um, I'm very curious, what makes video and filmmaking such a passion of yours? What do you love about it? I think it's mainly the thing that you can have such a great impact on people. You can provoke certain emotions and you can also like get people to act like you know that feeling when you were in the movies and then you get out of the film and then you're like so inspired you feel like a superhero you can you can basically do anything and that's just something i love i absolutely love and um like my biggest goal is to kind of you know evoke this feeling in people with my films so yeah and you can just as I said, have such an amazing impact on people. And also like when you do films about really important um, issues, you can just do so many things. You can reach so many people and you can influence so many people in a very positive way. So that's just something I really love about filmmaking, especially about documentaries, because they even tell a real story and they they, they try to open your eyes and kind of expose you to new worlds, new issues that you probably weren't even aware of before you watched that film. So, yeah, that's what I love about filmmaking. Yeah. Yeah, that that's amazing. And I think that um, documentary filmmaking is something that that really that really interests me. It also intimidates me, but it's it's really interesting. And seeing, again, watching um, the, the documentary that you sent over, um, it really kind of reinforced this idea that a documentary holds so much power. It's not only just visually, you know, stimulating with beautiful imagery, but it really is the story that, that drives it. Um, so I'd love to hear about your experience working on Cliffhanger, right? Mm-hmm. Is that the name of exactly, it? Exactly, yeah. So it's actually... I'd love to hear about your experience there. Yeah. Um, So it's actually been a pretty, pretty tough journey, I want to say, because, you know, documentaries Uh um, are not something that are very, you know, easy to make. (laughs) Because what I'm doing all the time when I'm filming a documentary is problem solving. I'm just improvising all the time because you don't have a script. You don't really know what's going on. Um, you're simply there and then things happen mm-hmm. and you know, you got to work with what you got. And sometimes it's really easy. Sometimes it's pretty hard. So I don't have a lot of time to, you know, set up lights and everything because everything is happening like right now. And I have to just get my camera and film yeah. everything and be fast and everything. Um, yeah. So so sometimes it really works out like in a really beautiful way but sometimes there are a lot of problems and you just have to you know try to get the best outcome possible to you know get something that's kind of aesthetic but still um you know has a has a good story yeah i never thought about it as problem solving I love that analogy and you're, you're absolutely right it does it, it you know it does require kind of this ongoing your your brain is constantly going you're kind of trying to anticipate what's going to happen and you kind of have to try to be one step ahead of everything um, as you're filming so um, what were some of the challenges that you experienced when filming this documentary um, because you were the DP were you also the editor on that one yeah yeah, I was also the editor, so I basically was um, the DP director and editor. Um, it was really difficult wow. because like the whole process was so chaotic and yeah, I just had to improvise so much in this project, um, especially like with the montage of the, the sign, you know, where they put it like next to the waterfall. Um, this was so chaotic because Um, I had to, you know, like climb up mountains and everything to, you know, get those beautiful close up shots. And it was it was not only mentally, but also physically exhausting. Like, (laughs) I mean, it was it was an amazing shooting day. I I loved everything about it. But still, I I don't really know how to say it, but it, it was exhausting, It was exhausting, but also really, really beautiful. But it was definitely a challenge kind of like being very physically 
active and then still having like the mental capacity to kind of form a story in your head and think about the edit and everything. So yeah, that was just really wow. chaotic, but it was an amazing experience that really, really also formed me and motivated me even more because after that I realized what I had achieved in that day. So that was amazing. Yeah, what did you say if you could, you know, pick one thing mm -hmm. that you learned from this experience filming the documentary? What would it be? How did you grow as a filmmaker mm -hmm. through this documentary? Hmm. That's a really hard question, but basically um hmm. I want to say that you simply have to have self-confidence and believe in yourself because otherwise it won't work. Because if I would go there and be like, oh my God, that's too much for me. I need someone else. I need other people if I can't do this by myself because I'm not capable of doing this, then I'm kind of feeding my ego even more and you know because it always tells me that you can't do the things that you want to do or maybe it's just you know the voices of men like you're not able to do this you you can't do this so yeah. i know that i don't want to be like overworked or that i can get help if i need help but the thing is i just want to try to do it you know because if i don't try it i will never know if i could have done it by myself so um it's it's mostly like going out of your comfort zone that's basically what i've learned to you know try try everything try all my ideas i had and simply try to you know create beautiful imagery despite all those really big problems and yeah i'm so happy that i really you know didn't give up and really believed in myself because now my self-confidence is even better and i I can proudly say that I did this by myself, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm so glad that you did because mm -hmm. the audience, you know, they might just see the 14 minute final product, but they don't see the days of mm -hmm. and hours of shooting that went into it. All of the challenges that you, you faced um, and they don't even see, you know, the, the really rewarding moments that you personally experienced, but still there's so much conveyed mm -hmm in the final picture. Um, and I just, you know, I really commend you. I, I really, I didn't realize that you did basically everything by mm -hmm. yourself. I, I couldn't imagine. I mean, these, the, the shots were, were perfect. You know, the, the interviews were composed mm -hmm. so well. Um, Thank you so just much. like the shots and, and I can't imagine, um, you know, having to keep all of that information kind of up in your brain while climbing up a mountain or while keeping <laughs> yourself on schedule and, and moving, moving. Cause one thing about documentary filmmaking that I think the thing I find most intimidating is you typically have one shot to do it. You know, mm -hmm. if you missed the shot mm -hmm. of them putting up the red tourist mm -hmm. information sign, that's it. Yeah, exactly. That This is something that's yeah. also been really intimidating for me. Um, yeah, it, it's hard. It's hard. It's almost like a wedding film, I want to say, um, because if you miss something that's happening, yeah. it's gone. It's gone forever and it won't happen the same way again. So yeah that's one of the main reasons why i think i'm um, doing documentaries is super hard because you know i've i've so so many times i was like i should have gotten that shot i should have filmed this i should have filmed filmed that and you know you can always make a better documentary but it's it's also you know accepting sure. accepting what you have and just you know making the best out of everything that you got so it's also like a journey of accepting yourself and accepting your work and what you've done yeah. but yeah it's beautiful and i wouldn't trade it for anything <laughs> amazing amazing yeah i mean and we're you brought so much value to this podcast and hearing you talk about your experience and of course about your, your passion for female filmmakers in the industry has certainly been inspiring um, i'm curious to know do you plan to stick with documentary filmmaking like if you could work on mm -hmm. one project what's your kind of dream goal project to work on 
I feel like I have so, so many ideas and projects that I want to work on. But the thing is, I would love to, you know, work more on, you know, topics and issues that I'm really interested about because um, now I'm doing documentaries and yeah, I usually just, you know, focus on things that someone else brings me, you know, so I just would love to, you know, create yeah. something myself and, you know, write a script and do just something like that really comes from myself because I feel like this is also something that just increases your passion for a project because it's your idea it's your vision and everything so i'd love to do something yeah. like that i don't know in what form maybe a documentary maybe a short film because i would love to do a short film in the future uh, but still something that's also really important to me is to simply express myself creatively like to kind of use my full potential so i don't want to stick with documentaries like for the rest of my life i just want to try out different you know types of films and i just you know i want right. to i want to try different things and try to find what works best for me and that's just something i really love about the film industry that you can basically do anything and yeah that's just something that also really motivates me and that i'm really looking forward in the future yeah, the the ability to expand your creative horizons and and the the limit is kind of up to you. I, th I think that's the great thing about the the film industry as well. Um, you can you can kind of go as far as your mind will take you. So that's that's something I, I love about uh, about the field that we're in too. So do you have any exciting projects you want to plug coming up? Um, you can tell us about where we can find Cliffhanger, anything like that. Mm -hmm. So actually the the documentary series I'm doing right now um, is actually going to continue for another year. And um, there is a website. Um, maybe you can insert the link. I don't know. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. I so will. basically, like, you are going to find my films, like, on this website probably next year. So you can see my work there. And another thing I'm working on right now is I'm actually... Um, trying to um, write a short film myself so I'm actually working on the script right now um, and I think you can just Yay. follow me on Instagram if you want to kind of see my journey because I'll post everything the whole process and everything so yeah awesome so we know where to find you and what to look out for what is one thing about your story or your journey that you want our listeners to remember in order to get change. like one takeaway yeah. if you mm -hmm. had one um, I just want to say for myself personally and for other women I feel like I have this kind of responsibility or even obligation to kind of pave the way for female filmmakers for the future you know so that's just something mm -hmm. I also want to encourage other people to do, to just stand up for themselves and be be the change they want to see in the world. Because like we're all together in this, you know, big chaos of the film industry. So um, if we want to have more female representation, we just have to be the female representation. And it's just something that's really important to me in order to also, you know, give future generations better chances and a better starting point yeah absolutely um yeah the change starts with us and i think that you know you're making amazing efforts and you know you're continuing to in inspire the mission of this podcast so i hope that we we absolutely stay in touch yeah. and that our journeys continue to parallel Me too, yeah so my my last question for you mm -hmm. is how can the viewers and listeners of this podcast support you as a filmmaker so as I already said, basically following me on Instagram because, you know, everything I do is being posted there. So, yeah, this would be the most amazing support I can imagine. And, you know, um, maybe you can follow my projects or maybe you can even be part of one of my projects if you're a filmmaker yourself. <laughs> amazing. And I think I would, this thought just came to me. 
we're gonna have to team up one day and make a yeah. documentary just for female filmmakers exactly. about the journey all the research <laughs> we've got to make it happen yeah absolutely i'm in <laughs> Awesome. All right. Thanks so much for your time, Alina. Thank you so much for having me. It was amazing. Thank you. Of course. So as usual, thanks so much for watching and I'll see y'all in the next episode. Bye.